of the swirl packets that came with oatmeal. Yeah, and it was like green. Oh, oh my. Like, like green and pink and... Yeah. I remember the dinosaur eggs, too. I yeah. Feel, I feel like I've already talked about Inspector Bear. Do you guys remember Inspector Bear? Or am I still the only one who knows about that? They're like the gummy bears. Yeah, yeah. It had, the, it had the gummy bears hidden inside the oatmeal. God forbid you should eat anything that's actually food when you're a kid. He was an inspector because the gummies were covered in like this powder. And then when you added the hot water, it would wipe the powder off. And ta-da. Gummy you bears. You have gummy bears in your oatmeal. You have gummy that, bears in your oatmeal. That sounds fantastic. It's the fun treat that all little kids deserve for breakfast. So did you did you like Inspector Bear then? Yeah, I, I would I would probably uh, hurt someone to get it back. How badly? Um, do you have the means? What I find so interesting about Inspector Bear is that for the most part, the internet has no proof that it existed. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty much uh, that's rare these days. It's pretty much erased from history. Like, well. Google I don't know. I... <laughs> Especially because this is something from the 80s, so shouldn't that be like cataloged in the new Smithsonian for oh. hipsters? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got it wrong. It was called Undercover Bears. Oh, Undercover Bears. Undercover Bears. Oh, shut up. <laughs> How <laughs> could we not know that? Right. <laughs> now we all remember Undercover Bears. I Why didn't like... you tell us you were talking about an iconic f- flavor of our childhood? <laughs> I feel like um, the Quaker... Raisin and spice oatmeal disappeared for a while before it came back. I I I feel like I've never seen it here, but I probably just spent my time saying, you know, if I see raisins, I think I probably just immediately erased the box from memory. So just you know, what? I've never I've never seen or heard of these undercover bears before. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> I appreciate. You know what? It's kind of my special thing. That's just for Jared. Uh, and and nobody else knows. I that was Dunker. I did. I did find a. I did find a recipe <laughs> for party oatmeal. I do like Dunkaroos. Um, oatmeal is always a party. It's also called Princess. She also calls it Princess Oatmeal for my girlies and Robo Penguin Oatmeal for my boy. It's oat- when are we gonna have a hipster revolution and have like oatmeal hip oatmeal restaurants pop up? Uh, we have like a cereal restaurant in New York. Wait, I, do you really? Because I can see. Yeah, that. we do. Ugh. What's yeah, the, it, let me let me ask you, Jay, because you have some keen insight, I think, into the culinary world just by, by by geographic proximity. What's the what's the stupidest shit I can buy in New York for to eat? Oh, that's a um, that's a great question. What is the stupidest shit you can buy in New York to eat? Like uh, the cereal sounds like a pretty big <laughs> like that sounds <laughs> like a start. Uh, cereal is a pretty good start. I'm still kind of beside myself by gourmet grilled cheese. Yeah, there's gourmet grilled cheese. You can definitely get gourmet grilled cheese. Like, fucking... Dude, I'm trying to think what's, like, the worst, just the most ridiculous thing I've seen here. Um, Is there, like, a gourmet Pop-Tart restaurant? I I feel like we had, like, some kind of $1,000 pizza slice that you could buy. Oh, I I watched a documentary about that. (laughs) That pizza slice better give me a BJ. It has caviar on it. It has, like, caviar on it and, like, edible gold flakes and all this bullshit. Um, what if you grilled two pop tarts with cheese in the middle? That's probably a food truck somewhere, I, right? Maybe you should be in New York, Michael. Coming up, the, the <laughs> thing that the thing that bugs me about New York is like we're just we're just getting tiny cupcakes here, and like those are those are done there. Like what what are those? We don't even have those anymore. They're back to large cupcakes. Like we're just we're just barely getting on the tiny cupcake train. 
And New York's already sailed away to cronuts or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, we had the we had the cronut craze for a while. You're, and, um, and so, so are cronuts over? Because I feel like I still couldn't reliably get a cronut here. Yeah, you still can't get a cronut. Farmers market, brah. Oh yeah, that's right. Doug Doug has the inside scoop on cronuts. What is the status of pizza bagels these days? I don't think that um, would ever be okay in New York. Gourmet pizza bagels. <laughs> I find that on oh, pizza and bagels, they love those things. Okay, I, f- I found the other thing I was, I was looking for. Because it, it, we didn't only have, like, the really expensive pizza slice. You also had, like, the really expensive sundae as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called the Golden Opulent Sundae. <laughs> what what, what happens in there? Uh, what happens in there? Let's see. It is. It contains dessert caviar. I have no idea what that is. Oh, um, imported Parisian candies, Venezuelan cocoa, and 23 carats of edible gold leaf. <laughs> Just, just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> now wait, what's it called? It is the Golden Opulence Sunday. Oh, I thought it was the Golden Oculus, and I thought it was like an Oculus Rift Sunday. No, nah, but not like quite. Sweet VR Sunday. You know what? What's probably equally expensive is the fucking Oculus Rift. Uh, <laughs> That's true. The, the Oculus is actually, I think the Oculus Rift is a little cheaper than the Sunday. Well, I recall good. it being affordable to all. That's good. And before we go there, maybe I should mention that this is the Enemy <laughs> Slime Podcast, episode number 108. Uh, Sweet Jesus, we were recording? I, I couldn't let all that oatmeal chat go. Uh, I'm your usual host, Jared. I'm joined today, of course, by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everybody. Very nice to hear from you. Uh, Mr. J. Joseph, Jr. I actually forgot in Harlem they used to sell chumpies and homegirl potato chips. Chumpies and is that is that that sounds racist? What? How are those? What? I I don't even really know. You you've really befuddled me here. Where do we start with this? <laughs> I should look it up. I should, okay, I'll, like, I'll look it up. And while I do that, chump, chumpies potato chips. Let's not forget that we're also joined by Mr. Doug Wilson. Hey, chumpies. I got nothing. Potato. <laughs> Literally, you do not. You can apparently still buy them. Oh, can you? The original Philadelphia potato chip. Ah, it's from Philly. Guys, clearly the fanciest a potato chip gets is kettle cooked. Look at this cover. These are some cool kids. What about about homegirl chips? Who makes them? Is it the same company? Yeah, same company. Uh, One of them's Muslim, Rashida. uh, And Maria, the normal... (laughs) uh, She looks like Maria from Sesame Street, actually. And uh, (laughs) Kathy... I've never seen someone who's more down to fuck, even though her leg is clearly broken, uh, than Kathy. Uh, Kathy, here, I guess I should share this with you guys, huh? Uh, oh, yeah, she's going to give it up. Kathy's, Kathy's ready. <laughs> but she's but primed. Ooh, that also might be a dude in a skirt. She's got the skirt for easy access. Kathy is in. Uh, oh, never mind. Marriage. We should save ourselves for marriage. Why should a man respect us if he can have us before marriage? Respect yourself, and everyone will respect you. No ring, no thing. Hey, Kathy might not be doing you before marriage, but she's got a butt plug this, in. Aside from the how fact about, that how about how about Kareem, Eric, and Raphael? Is that the is that the homeboys or is it the chumpies? The chumpies. Yeah. Uh oh, yep, there it is. Kareem, Eric, and Raphael. <laughs> and this, these were these were <laughs> served to you in Harlem. Yeah. And people, you used to be able to buy them right at the, right. Right at the bodega. And was everybody like fine with this? Like that's what these these are okay. <laughs> no one had any issues with it. <laughs> Nobody had any issues because I feel like it would fly today. I, am, I actually, I... I actually remember them being pretty good. Uh, they also have. Uh, I don't know if it's the same company, but I'm uh, finding a lot of pictures of wrap snacks. 
uh, <laughs> like Little Romeo, right? Featuring Little Romeo, and uh, <laughs> this this particular flavor is called Barbecuing with My Honey. Um, that sounds hey, pretty good. Am I wrong in feeling like this is not the first time that a potato chip has preached good Christian living to me? Uh, probably not. I, that seems like something that could happen anywhere. These would fit in great in Utah if it wasn't for all those damn minorities on the cover. There are a lot of people of color on those potato uh, chips. Nobody at... would. It, people would look at Rashida and just wonder what's going on there. Like they're not even going to know what that is. Also, Southern Kathy and Maria are too fashion forward. Yeah, Kathy. Kathy oh, Kathy's it does have little messages. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to share this photo. Let's see some of these yeah, permanent messages. As we look to becoming mothers one day, we will produce children with good manners and good minds. We are the first teachers. Uh, let's see, the power within us. The force, the force within us is stronger than the negative forces outside of us, so our message to bad influences is step off. In all capitals. There's step a, off. There's a new bag on the block. It's all that and a bag of chips. Oh, It is a oh. bag of chips. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just a bag oh of chips. My God. No, they you didn't. These, they gave these to people? <laughs> You can tell these are old because it's a one ounce serving. Huh. Yeah, they, I they never, sold these people. I never would have heard of these ever. Uh, so I'm glad that we had this uh, discussion. Yeah, Mike was right. They're like arm. two ounces now. I got like these I got the, the, the kettle brand potato chips, thick and bold Carolina BBQ chips. And wait, how many ounces are they? These are two ounces. Two right? Ounces? That's yeah. barely gonna slake my Mild, hun- <laughs> mild hunger. Shit, this bag of chumpies is only one, so no wonder we're all a bunch of fat pieces of shit. And it's, it's like, like one yeah, chip. And it's only twenty five cents. The, the chumpies. God damn chumpies. All right, but keep back. Keep in mind, back in the eighties, you could have rented an apartment for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not go too far. This was New York. Ah, right, right. Let's see, funky nacho. All right, we should we should get away from this. <laughs> Um, so I thought we were done. Let's. How about how about that Oculus Rift? Right? Wasn't that f- fucking crazy? That uh, none of us were even close on the price, except for Doug, who who like, did a smartass answer, really over exaggerated <laughs> with a number that he thought would never be right. Hey man, I'm loving it. And it turns out totally was. So I take back. I I know that I said, um, you know, hey, maybe I'll get one. Uh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, wrong, Jarrett? Why not? I, I was even... I Are they sold out? I don't know if they sold out or not. Uh, Oculus Rift. I don't think they did. I think... Uh, I think Even Palmer, the 1% can't afford them. Palmer Lucky said that they wouldn't sell out no matter what. Uh, Mine fell off a truck. Yeah, they still have them, so you can get one still right now. Uh, and then they also uh, released the specs uh, for, for what you're going to have to have in order to even use it with your computer. And uh, and I understand the specs. I don't think they're unreasonable. Um, but it starts at a GTX 970, which I think eliminates everyone on this podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just going to buy an HTC Vive instead. And uh, so it looks like the Vive is going to have the exact same plan and not tell us the price until pre-orders kick off, uh, which they're planning to do on February 29th. Um, the thing to note about the Vive is it comes with the controllers, so it's likely going to be more expensive uh, than the Oculus. Some people are saying nearly twice as expensive. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard some people saying perhaps in the four digits, uh, which would be 
nuts. I mean, I understand. It's expensive hardware. It's it's as cutting edge as it gets. Uh, and I, I think that you can subsidize it to a degree. Um, and we I commented on this uh, when they showed the Oculus pre-order. It's difficult to look at them throwing all this extra shit in, like an Xbox One controller. And I don't want that. Like, I don't want an Xbox One. Just give me the goddamn headset. I don't even really particularly feel that strongly about the sound aspect of it. Uh, right. So, I mean, take the headphones off. Don't get, I don't need the remote. Take the remote away. Get rid of the controller and, and give someone like a budget option so that you can get this hardware out and into people's hands instead of where it is right now, which, I mean, I don't know anyone who's going to buy this. Hey, wait. Is the gallery... On the Vive? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Well, fuck. I gotta, like, knock over a gas station. Probably, <laughs> too. Uh, and, and if you recall, when we talked to them, they had no idea. Like, they weren't even in a ballpark for what the price was gonna be. Like, they have they had no idea. Well, so. I wouldn't tell them that they were going to torpedo their endeavor, either. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That... Yeah, build some games on our system. We're totally gonna fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I Jason's pretty doom and gloom about it. I saw him on Twitter talking about how nobody's going to buy this and nobody. There's going to be a uh, uh, Twitter. What about his? What about his Facebook? Well, yeah, Jeez. actually, actually, now that he's now that he's on the Facebooks, I saw him there. What about Live Journal? Uh, I was reading his Live Journal the other day, and it linked me over to his Tumblr. He was pretty upset. Boy, he had a. What, what, did you check his Pinterest? I didn't. I didn't. But in his, he, he actually I, sent me a letter, like a, a handwritten letter. <laughs> In his in his ICQ profile, I and, did and see there were a little tears. That he copied there were tear stains on the letter. Wrote an opinion piece for the newspaper. Uh, what did he he compared it to another piece of hardware that I'd never heard of before? Virtual Boy. No, it's that it's that thing with the gun <laughs> attached to it. I do know about the Virtual Boy. Uh, let's see, where is it? Um, uh, da, 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 the no, the Novint Falcon. Did you guys know about this? The, the Novint Falcon. Novint yes. Falcon. N O V I N T Falcon. Uh, there's. I've never heard of this thing. I hadn't either. Uh, which I guess explains why we don't all have one in our living room. Uh, uh let's see. Novint Technologies is a corporation incorporated in Delaware and based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, United States. Novint designs and builds haptic or 3d touch devices and software uh-huh and so i'm even more confused the idea here so like um here I'll, I'll send a picture of one of the attachments for it why is there a pistol grip on it so okay you found it yeah so a lot <laughs> of them have thing. a pistol grip some of them have this little ball that you reach out and grab and if you guys get deep enough into this you'll find that some people have also attached uh uh fleshlights to it wait what i wasn't paying attention but now now i am now you're interested is that true oh. Uh, yeah, it's actually, it's not Fleshlight. It seems to be uh, Tanga. Do you guys know about Tanga? They make like <laughs> yes. a di- they make like a disposable Fleshlight. Yeah, it's like a disposable. Oh. And what's that website? So if you, want, <laughs> if you want to buy a Fleshlight and you don't want to like hide it under uh, your bed. I know, I know where you can get a Tanga. Yeah, okay. So Jay's on the, on the, on the. I got case. a bad case of Tanga once while I was in the Navy. Well, so they've attached this Tanga to it and then you put on your VR goggles and then uh, a digital girl. Uh, you know, gives gives you what for? God, what a country! Um, here, I'll send you guys a picture. Is it, is it a digital girl like this? <laughs> you can click that at your leisure, like this one. <laughs> Let's see what you got. 
but probably. Let's see. Here. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, we're looking at the same pictures. Uh, if you're listening at home, I, I gotta drop off the podcast. If you're listening at home, <laughs> you can enjoy this as well. Uh, Tanga, T E N G A. Go look it up. The Novant Falcon. Uh, I don't. What was? I, I'm curious what it was priced at. Uh, I'm still confused as to what a Novant Falcon Falcon is. I don't know what it's supposed to I, do. Really, I know people attach Tangas. And can I plug it into my 32x? Now, but I have no so, idea what the fuck this thing actually is. So I, I guess it's it's basically <laughs> meant to simulate 3D touch. So uh, let's say in a game you picked up like like you guys remember in La Noire when you bend over and you pick up like a cigarette and you can rotate it back and forth and just look at all the sides and Cole Phillips is like, Hmm, hmm. this is unrelated. Hmm. Very interested. <laughs> uh, so basically now you could pick it up and with the Novant Falcon, you could use your fingers to, to actually rotate it. The more, the more you explain this, the more confused I am. I, I, and I, I, I think actually, you know, instead of using a tango with the Novant Falcon, you would be better off using the fuck me solely, my big black ass. Too. <laughs> you could still buy the Novant Falcon. It's currently priced at two fifty. Uh, I don't know what it was when it first came out. Oh wait, no, it looks like it's no longer available. I feel like my hands are already a pretty good three D touch simulator, <laughs> and they're I free. Pick up cigarette butts. I can just walk around outside. Well, I mean that's just... yeah, but what, 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 what Jared is saying with like with like we'll go to Rose fingers. Park and solve a murder. With rotating your fingers and, and tangos and stuff, you're going to be more of an expert on ladies than you already were if you get one of these things. Yeah, I, I basically, the Novant Falcon seems to be uh, some kind of sex training device. <laughs> I don't uh, need any training in sex. I'm already a master of breast operation. Your first problem is you're that. using fingers. You just use a closed fist. <laughs> to grab a pen and scribble down your dinner order. Yeah, sure. That's what you do. These are... These are excellent tips. Um, <laughs> good job, everyone. I applaud. <laughs> I applauded across the board. What were we talking about again? I, the, the Nova All the Falcon. ladies I'm getting. I wish, started with the Oculus Rift. I, 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 that's I, the thing. I guess we should have invited Jason to the podcast and he could have explained it to us. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't get anybody who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 108. Uh, where would we be if we knew what we were talking about right now? That just doesn't seem right. California? Um, so. Like, hey, the audience today. I can't think of where. Oh, guys, I remember what I wanted to talk about. It's uh, okay, finally. Uh, game of the Year. Did oh, you, good. Did you guys hear we're doing that? Are we doing that? We, we're First doing it. It's happening on the website uh, right now. And I thought maybe what we could do is just kind of recap and run through uh, some of the choices here. Because by the time this goes live tomorrow, uh, Jay's choices will be up as well. So I think it's, we can kind of discuss just about everything. I uh, can't wait until everyone yells at me about Call of Duty. I, 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 we already have gotten some flack for not including Halo. So uh, maybe this will make us heroes for including call of duty i doubt it i, I it's hard to <laughs> imagine that scenario uh yeah I, I definitely can see um we're gonna lose all credibility <laughs> when that happens and I <laughs> pretty <that>. much <laughs> uh so maybe what we can do here is just run through uh the the list that we've got so far 
And uh, should, I guess we could start with Lucio and just talk shit all over his list. Sure. Uh, Go back yeah. to Mexico. Uh, he's not here to defend himself. So, uh, so Lucio. So, um, it, it, just of note, uh, last year we all picked six games because uh, there was just more to pick from. I guess. I think for the most part, all of us struggled to come up with a good solid five. Um, and if I'm if I'm saying that out of turn, let me know. But. Uh, Not at all. I think I think you. across the board, all of us, we definitely wouldn't have had six uh, a piece, um, especially poor Michael, who I think all of his are just the games he played this year. Uh, <laughs> no, you want me to? Do you want me to list my worst games of 2015? Should we start with that? Here we could we could do that. Oh, that's easy. Michael, what's what are your worst games of 2015? Oh, you had to go and put me on the spot. Oh well, do, don't um, if you're not ready. Fucking Citizens of Earth made me pretty mad at being alive this last year. Okay, that's pretty good. What that Citizens was, of Earth. Was that this year? That was last year, Jared. Oh, well, you know what it... Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm oh, great. Good, we're doing this. Jay, what, are, what about you? What's your worst? Um, I've got a couple. It's going to be a while. <laughs> oh, motherfucking The Beginner's so, Guide. Oh, okay, The Beginner's Guide. Worst game of all time. Did you? You didn't even play it, though. Did what the you? fuck are you talking about? I reviewed it for the website. Oh, are you the one that we... I thought we gave it, <laughs> I thought we gave it to Lucio for some reason. No, it was me. Oh, okay. Because I didn't play it. I just watched it on YouTube. And, well, and you were luckier than I was. And that felt pretty good. Um, while Jay composes his long list, what about, what about you, Doug? What is, what is your worst game of 2015? I only played like three, and they were games I bought. You're so like. you're so careful with with your purchases that I I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense that you wouldn't have a game. Uh, but I can find one. Oh, okay. You. <laughs> so we need to research. I, I don't five need seconds. To, I don't need to research mine. It's as easy as could be. Uh, it's fucking sunset. I knew Luki sunset. I uh, I thought you liked that game. I hate that game every day more than the day before. Um. <laughs> Especially when when I finally got to hear the story behind the game, that made me hate it even more. <laughs> um, what the fuck is the story behind that game? Just just the sense that they thought they were making a mainstream game. This was your idea of a mainstream game. Like what the? F- I don't even know where to start with with that. Well, you know, after Final Fantasy Coconut Farmer, I'm assuming they probably just thought, oh, that's perfect. They're like, oh, we decided to hire a consultant. He told us to make a mainstream game, like uh, like one where you're a maid and you clean up an apartment. Um, you know, like that mainstream shit. Hey, apartment cleaning was hot this year. It was in. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a really shitty year for video games. I was surprised. I'm just I'm just going back on the website, and I can't believe how much unbelievable shit is played. We've got a lot of twos this year. Like Guns, a, Gore, and Cannoli was pretty shitty. Like In a, fact, if you were the guys who made that, fuck you. <laughs> uh, what else is? Uh, uh, Halo was not very. Halo was, and I think I've already covered this, but it was the best multiplayer I think the series has ever had, paired with I think the worst campaign. Uh, that it's ever had. So that's a nice fit in the middle there. Um, Alone in the um, dark illumination. So, that was a thing. Oh yeah, that happened to Jay. Yeah. Does that even does that even count? Oh <laughs> no. Fuck Tony Hawk. I forgot about Tony Hawk. Yeah, there's Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah. See, you guys are interrupting my list now. Uh, yeah, now we're, I was gonna go. I was gonna go backwards from. Well, because as I as I look through the site, the worst to worst. As I look through the site, they're all you. You've been subjected <laughs> to all the bad ones. <laughs> 
Every time yeah, I come across the bad one, it's Jay's name on it. Except it's, for it's, it's pretty. It's pretty. Oh my god, I forgot. Um, jeez. Uh, oh, the flock. That was a real stinker. Uh, actually, there's just so much terrible shit. I actually forgot some of the terrible shit I played. <laughs> um, uh, I wonder how right, many lives so, are left in the flock. So I guess the the the, the best of the worst list starts with. Life is Strange and Fallout 4. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Games that are... And then from there... <laughs> you know, tolerable. <laughs> and then from there it goes uh, Until Dawn. And then we have... I don't know. It's a, t- it's a toss-up between Assassin's Creed Syndicate and a ball. I definitely hated Arkham Knight more than those games. Um, and I would say Assassin's Creed Chronicles China and Pro Skater 5 kind of compete for the torture worst torture this year i'm gonna make a bold proclamation and say that hatred was better than sunset uh, hmm. i'd rather play hatred again because at least it knew what it was <laughs> which was great <laughs> which was just so good all right um they knew they knocked it out of the park does that cover it then or are there some we're forgetting oh i'm, I'm sure there's there's plenty we're forgetting yeah it was they it was, it was a pretty, pretty tough year. It was bad times for everyone. We made Doug play Dinner Date, but that's from 2011. So it's okay. He loved it. He loved it. I remember greatest game I've ever played. I remember, uh, you know, all he uh, did was fuck, eat soup I had to afterwards. Play Ronin. I forgot about Ronin. Oh shit! I forgot Ronin came out. I had to play Operation Abyss: New Tokyo Legacy. Jesus Christ! Oh man, <laughs> I got one of those. I got one of those anime dungeon crawlers too that I was only able to make it. Like two hours even, into. Even the good ones aren't that good. Like afterwards. Danganronpa in another story. I I feel like Danganronpa got more points than it should have because everything else was so shitty. <laughs> I mean, that could <laughs> be the case. Oh, Michael had... I think Windward came out in 2014. Um, I feel I, like I played it in 2015, but... I did play it this year. It wasn't as offensive as some of the other ones. Yeah, that's true. It's not as bad. Um, it's boring. Witcher was pretty shitty. Oh yeah. yeah, we all hated that. <laughs> fucking worst. I'm Geralt. Eh. Oh, I'm Geralt. What is a monster? I don't even know. But, what yeah. What's that? Without a doubt, Pro Skater Five was the worst game this year. Yeah, that's a, that's just uh, Pro Skater Five is like a whole new level uh, <laughs> of. I I just didn't think it was possible. You know. I I really try to make it work too. Like I I I I played and enjoyed even some of the worst Tony Hawks and. God, Pro Skater Five just was not working with me. If you if you opened up a game case and someone at the manufacturing plant had pulled out the disc and just taken a shit inside the case, like I feel like that's the only place to go from there. <laughs> like eventually, you're just not getting a game at all. I mean, you really didn't get a game if you bought Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five. <laughs> right. For all intents and purposes, you did not receive a game. You get a physical copy of the beginner's guide. You that got, wasn't a game either. You got a disc. You can put a drink on it so it doesn't get a ring on your table. And that's about it. That's the end of it. See, I feel like at the very least, the beginner's guide didn't really proclaim it had any gameplay. Pro Skater 5 proclaimed it had gameplay, and then it didn't have that. It, well, it, it, they went even a step further and and pro, basically uh, made it look like you know they were they were coming back to the old ways, right? Like, right. Uh, we're going to bring back that fresh Tony Hawk gameplay that you love so much. 
Um, and, and I think that's, um, that's definitely more despicable, right? <laughs> to, to basically be like, oh, hey, you know, it's going to be great. <laughs> All of your favorites are, uh, are, are coming back. I, I don't know. It's well, a refreshing taste like of Ruby this. Red Squirt. It's, with it's, games like this, it's no wonder that Call of Duty got on the Game of the Year list. I mean, what choice did we have? <laughs> so let's run through Lucio's and talk some shit on it. Uh, okay. Let's see. First up, he's got Splatoon, a shooter for babies. Uh, oh. Gay babies. <laughs> gay babies. Gay babies. Uh, Splatoon. This is a professional podcast. Try to keep it above the belt. Splatoon is, of course, unique because it's Nintendo's uh, first uh, shooter. It. And uh, I I never played the final build, but I mean it was it was good at E three like it, it worked pretty great. So squids I, and kids. I don't see too much of an issue there. Uh, he does have, in spite of what I feel like we've probably portrayed relatively negatively on the podcast, he has Xenoblade Chronicles X on here. Well, he never got in the fucking robot, right? But once he did, it it it, it switched him over, right? It got him excited. He's like, "Well, those last sixteen minutes of the game were awesome." <laughs> once he finally got his learner's permit, everything was great, just like Final Fantasy thirteen. You got to pick up Sandy and go to the dance. So. Uh, this shows you where we're at with 2016 or 2015. <laughs> I don't know what fucking year it is. We already covered that. It's 2017. Um, what are you talking about? I don't know. You could, oh, my God. Time keeps slipping. Probably convinced me of that. Uh, we've got Rocket League. Um, that was good. I like Rocket League I a did, lot, actually. I did, too. Did you, did you guys ever play it, Doug and Michael? Did either of you touch it? I played it. Did you, it, did you like it? It was a game. I did much. not play it. I mean, it doesn't have, it didn't really have enough hooks to keep me there, uh, but I right. under, I understand how it could have those hooks for somebody else. I, I, I do like the relative accessibility of yeah. the game. Yeah, you I know, because so. usually with like tiered games like this, you, it's about stats and, and all this other shit, and anyone could just kind of jump in Rocket League and play. It, I was just hoping for more microtransactions. Oh, yeah, they did screw that up a little bit. Um, the, the th- Rocket League set some incorrect expectations for me because the very first game that I got into, I just immediately threw on the gas and drove straight into the ball and knocked it into the other team's goal immediately. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to be good at this. <laughs> and, then it, and then it turned out, no, <laughs> I'm not going to be good at this at all. And uh, I think that's also part of why it probably didn't keep me around. Is It felt, like, you- it felt like I had to learn a little more than I was willing to. It's funny because you don't actually have to learn all that much because a lot of people just rush the ball. True. So if you learn, if you learn just like a smidgen of teamwork, because <laughs> I learned not to rush the ball and I learned to wait and see what other people players did and what my teammates did, and then I just bumped the ball from there. Um, so and that's something that I never tried actually is playing with friends. I imagine that actually probably makes a big difference. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun playing with I friends. I can play with so. me and Michael. I <laughs> can only imagine how great playing Rocket League with you and Michael would be. <laughs> We'll tell you how great you are. Uh, yeah, I, I can already see it. I can see it in my mind's eye right now. In fact, we probably won't even play. We'll just watch you and tell you what we think. Oh, that would be that would be the ideal way to play that that game. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, we talk- how about pillars? So this Friday. So we talked about pillars uh, last week, I think. So, so I, I I think Lucio can comment a little more on pillars because by this time he's much further than me. Because yeah. for whatever stupid reason, I've been exhausting all my time in old republic oh that's right <laughs> which also isn't gonna make your game of the year list oh of course well i mean it's not this year well that's it's a pretty happen. old game actually but ea's microtransaction scheme 
it is one of the greediest microtransaction schemes I have ever seen. And they have like a lot of nerve calling this a free-to-play game. You did surprise me when you mentioned that you have to pay to remove your helmet. That's a little... That that's like that was kind of a, a like last straw territory for me there. I, I got I got level. Excessive. I got. How much did you have to pay to remove excessive. your helmet? Oh, tell it. Uh, it's almost ten bucks to remove your helmet. Guys, haberdasheries are expensive. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's like without a subscription, it's something. I think it translated is just something like seven dollars that you have to spend yeah. in order to hide the the helmet. Um. And then, because they really just keep encouraging you to get a subscription to the point where they will introduce microtransactions that literally cancel each other out. So you gain experience at a reduced rate because you're not subscribed, but at the same time, you can't pass level 50 if you're not subscribed. Um, so, you know, what does it matter to me that I'm getting at a reduced rate if I can't get past level cap anyway? Can't go any further. Um, the same thing with, with, uh, with, with credits, with cash. Like, you... You have to spend more than subscribe players, but at the same time, you can only earn up to like three hundred thousand in cash, and I guess the rest of it goes to an escrow account or something that you can't access until you subscribe. Um, yeah, an escrow account is reasonable savings. It's like your wealthy parents <laughs> set you up. <laughs> what kind of investment options do you have in Pillars of Eternity? Yeah, I, I think in Pillars of Eternity you can get a four hundred one k, right? Ooh. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right to me. But you need to visit a notary, package. and that's only in one of the major cities. You just have to desert, you just have to survive that strange disease that makes you see into people's souls. Right. You have to pay um, the notary. Uh, what do you? What is the currency in pillars? Um, I think it's just gold, right? I think so. Good. I'm Money. sick and tired of monies. everybody. I'm so tired of games being cute with currency. Like like our next game that Lucio picked, uh, The Witcher. Ooh, look at me. I'm the Witcher. There's multiple kinds of money. You got to figure out which one you can spend where. Oh, and Wait, do you want to play? Do you want to play a game of coin? Don't forget the exchange rate. Um, are Are you being serious? Yeah. Did you not know the Witcher has multiple currencies? No. What the fuck is that? It has Orin, and what's the other one? There's de- depending on what country you're in. Yeah, what country you're in? They have, they have Orin, Orin, Glenfindel. Wait, no, those are other dwarves. Sorry, no, I'm wrong. Sleepy, dopey, doc. <laughs> that'll be. You've heard everyone knows that'll. You know that'll be twenty dollars. Um, there's also Tenga. Uh, currency. Tenga. Uh, no, no, no. Here, I'll really See, tell you. This, this is the problem Chinese. with The Witcher. Is anytime I hear about someone playing it, I get tired. Uh, Florin. Uh, f- oh my God. So tired. <laughs> There's no. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are ten. I'm sure they're not all in the game, but there's ten listed on the wiki. There's. The, I'm sorry. I think. I think. I, I don't really care about your currency I, thing, actually, but it's I probably think not Michael, worth reading them all. I think. I think Michael and I need to just split off into our own uh, offshoot podcast where I just laugh at all these jokes. Oh, I thank you. That'd be nice. I, let's let's start that. What would we call it though? Ooh ooh, Amos and Andy too. <laughs> hey look it worked <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> the witcher so who played who played the witcher then Did- i think pretty much everyone but michael uh, so michael skipped it i i only played i will get around to it at some point but i i mean it really is like, it, it is like witcher 2 was game. exhausting did you guys it, like did you all finish the Baron quest? Did I did. Did everybody get yes. that far or 
What, which one was that again? Uh, he's the he's the big fat guy whose wife went missing, and because he beats uh, him, and it's very suspicious. Because <laughs> um, that's a pretty great quest, and then the whole thing kind of it, it gets I, sad. It doesn't hold me uh, quite as tightly after that quest for whatever reason. I'll come back to it someday. But the the I guess the worst part about The Witcher to me is I feel like I've been away long enough that when I come back, I'm not going to have any fucking idea. Well, that's kind of the thing, right? Because I I. I, when I first started playing Witcher 3, I played Witcher 2, what I played of The Witcher 2 was just on PC, and playing on Witcher, and playing it on PS4 this time, it was just, it was a little overwhelming, um, trying to figure out everything with the controller and all that, but I, I remember doing the, the starting area, right, mm-hmm. and I had spent so much time in the starting area just trying to do everything, and I still hadn't finished, and I just moved on, I think I, I'd spent a good... Oh my god! I, I spent a good several hours in the starting area, mm-hmm. and my friend who got it for me as a gift, he was actually like, "Did you complete the starting area? Uh, did you do everything?" And I'm like, "No, I had to force myself to leave <laughs> because there was too much to do. Um, I had to force myself to go to the next to the next city after it because I was going to be stuck there forever just doing shit nonstop." Um, and he told me like, "Fair enough." And I think that's like, it's both a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because Witcher Three, you're, you're you're definitely getting the bang for your buck. But I think everyone feels that slight sense of, of being overwhelmed when they play The Witcher 3. The, um, and it, I, I feel like a dickhead because basically we've been sitting here complaining about how RPGs aren't complex for like the last three <laughs> weeks. And now I'm, now I'm going to be like, hey, you know what my big issue with The Witcher is? <laughs> it's too fucking complex. Uh, so, I mean, I, I totally get that I'm being a real cunt when it comes to this. But uh, Pillar, Pillars is just right. Pillars is just like the right mix of, of complexity and simplicity. And I don't even know that for me The Witcher's issues are... Uh, system related well, a little bit system related i still don't fully understand like mutagens and stuff like that right um, but beyond that just i think you even said it uh controls are kind of yeah an issue and like just figuring out how to put my sword away is kind of obnoxious sometimes it's left up right down and then you have to wiggle the controller really quick yeah, because catch you like you like draw two different swords. You have to you have to know. Oh yeah, and let's not forget that you have two fucking swords. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and one which works against people, one which works against monsters. Yeah, unless you drink a potion, <laughs> in which case one only works if you're under the full moon. The silver one is monsters and Jews. <laughs> <laughs> the regular metal one is humans and basically everything else. But make sure you you pull it for the Jews. Yeah. Oh yeah. Regular metal won't hurt them. And uh, do, what about gypsies? We just go through it. Gypsies, you have to use a certain bomb. Uh, okay, that's what I figured. Oh. Uh, oh man. So how about that witch? <laughs> um, and that one, uh, that one crossed over to your list as well. I think. Um. Yeah. So, so after complaining about it, that's a great place to start with my list, isn't it? Yeah, but may as well. Let's run through yours. So what's <laughs> All right. what comes after the Witcher, uh, for you? Um, I think I think actually ranked Undertale the highest in my list. I don't know if it, how that works, but I didn't really uh, put mine in any order. Um, we did last year. Mine are just kind of like as I felt like it. Um, yeah, but... I, I I do feel like mine are kind of my best to worst. But having said that, my in terms of game of the year, my top pick is definitely the one that comes first in my list. Um, so Undertale is. Uh, you know, oh, actually, Bloodborne is my best on my on my list. Oh, that's right, that's right. You did have that one first. I, I but, about a shitty game. But 
I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Well, no, anyway, let's talk about Undertale. <laughs> um. Okay. So. so Walk me, walk me through. Well, I mean, we've discussed it before here. Um, what, what to you stands out? I mean, we're 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 pretty far out from it now. What, what to you stands out from Undertale? What are the things that uh, you remember fondly when you think of it now? Definitely all of the characters. I can't say that of any other game on my list. Mm-hmm. Like I can think back to Undertale and I can remember every single character I've interacted with in that game. Um, you know, really well defined personalities, and of course, it always helps when you have a quirky design on top of it. <clears throat> to make it stand out. And I think the meta-ness of the game, like how meta it gets, which I think it bothers some people. It really depends on how you take it. I think for some people it bugs them. I think for me, it was kind of like the icing on the cake. Um, and it's like I said, I, you know, I think I said this the last time, but it's like when you fight Toriel, and I'll just go ahead and spoil it this time, but if you fight Toriel, um, then, for example, if you kill her like I did the first time, I felt bad about killing her. I reloaded the game, and I went back, and, you know, this time I speared her. And in the very next room, the game was like, I know what you did. I saw what you did to her. And, um, you know, that, her, huh? that, that, that was kind of pugged. And I think for a lot of people, that moment doesn't come in Undertale until much later in the game when it becomes a lot more apparent. There's, like, there are these meta circumstances going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like that kind of like self awareness and and making the player self aware and all that kind of stuff. I just really like that. And it's not an overly complex game, but it it, it has a lot of charm to it. I think. So we talked about um, we we talked a little bit about kind of this bullshit that happened earlier with Fallout Four, where everyone praised it for its polyamory, when in reality, <laughs> what they were praising it for is uh, its lazy programming. <laughs> um, and Undertale, I feel like, didn't get as much praise for maybe some kind of ambiguous. I I don't really know. Um, I think back to there's a there's a part of the game if you spare Papyrus, uh, there's a part where you can hang out with him. And, yeah, go on a go on a date with him. Yeah, and I don't fully understand what happened on this date, um, but. <laughs> I just, I don't I don't know where's all the praise for that because man that's a relationship that is non traditional if ever there was one I mean there's definitely there's definitely a weird fandom around Undertale now I, I there's like for for some reason it's not enough that you have like this androgynous hero and these monsters that are are for the most part I think uh, I think there's only like one straight relationship played I I think like all, most other relationships most other characters are homosexual or bisexual like that in Undertale. Um, or, or like nothing, because I mean, he's just a skeleton. Or like nothing, but like, for example, like Undine and, yeah, and so Aphis are two girls in the game that, that have feelings for each other. Oh. And for some reason, this seems like for the internet, it's not enough because they have to add like more tags to them. So they have like this, this weird, this weird fandom for Undertale that just keeps making shit up on top of it. So it's like, okay, so now these characters have to be trans um whatever and also some kind of human from some different universe or whatever like it's not enough right it's not enough that this guy made this thing um with like these very 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 unorthodox characters very quirky characters and it's not enough that this thing is just kind of like open open and accepting of everyone and in fact that's the message like the message of the game is you should be more accepting and not rely on this misperception people still needed it to be more 
<laughs> like, they still needed these characters to be something else. And I kind of feel like that's what's going on with Fallout 4 as well. People need it to be more than it actually is. Um, I'm not really sure what that is. It's just so weird to me that you would uh, that you would look at a game where you can go on a date with a skeleton in basketball shorts <laughs> and say, no, this is not enough. Like, take hey, this hey. further. My dad would approve of that, and that's not cool. <laughs> He'd say, that's okay, son. You could go on a date with a skeleton. Now, let me ask you this. If your penis falls off because your corpse is decayed, uh, oh my God, Jared! Are you still a boy? Like, are you even? I don't think these skeletons are gay. I think they're just uh, cool guys to hang out with. Not even guys, cool skeletosexuals, uh, bone, bone, uh, bone, boner bros. Jared, you can't just. Ask you know what? It wasn't. That. It wasn't the. It wasn't the skeletons because the skeletons are brothers, and that would be just a whole another type of weirdness. They didn't um, choose to be skeletons. There are, these, there are these two. There are these two knights that you fight later on, and you have to flirt with one to make them jealous of each other. Um, those are the gay bros, and I feel like there's. I don't. I don't know. I feel like there's a ton of relationships like that in Undertale, and it's just weird to me that for whatever reason, it's never enough for people in this new internet what? day and age. Yeah. What happened to good old old Christian values in our video games? Whatever happened to predictability? Yeah, you know? the well, you had, you had the paper boy. You had Christian values in Fallout Four, and no the one draft. liked that either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> all right, what's what's next on your list, Jay? <laughs> oh, good. I don't. I feel like we're not even really talking about the games, are we? <laughs> well, um, we got. I mean, we've already discussed a lot of these in great detail. So I. So you know. uh, so let's let's because we skipped over it. What about Bloodborne? I was, yeah. So I mean, let's not talk about the game. Let's just talk about what Bloodborne makes us think of. <laughs> who's tra- well, who's Bloodborne, trans in Bloodborne? Bloodborne makes that definitely makes me think of those late nights in St. Mark's place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if nothing else is open, and I gotta run to Papaya's and get myself a hot dog covered in, in cheese sauce. Uh huh. Like, is is there blood involved? No, not really. Oh, good. Okay. What about uh, Ebriatus? Um, <laughs> the daughter of the cosmos. You know what? You yeah, you, yeah. you might if you hang out in St. Mark's at late night, you might run into the daughter of the cosmos down there. Hmm. That, that could happen. I, I've definitely seen some characters in in like way downtown New York. I, I would like it to be known that I have not played Bloodborne, but I'm pretty sure I could tell you everything about it. Okay, yeah, actually, yeah. I was... let's, let's take him up on that. So, Michael, Bloodborne, yeah. begin. Tell us the plot, because we're not really sure, and we played it. <laughs> so, you are a hunter, uh-huh. and you're replacing an old man in a wheelchair... Uh, and then let's see. You go to a town. You kinda, fight. Some... Kind of skip to the very end there. But yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. No, well, he's he's doing a good job. Okay. For someone who's yeah. not, not played it. Then, go. then you fight the moon presence, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, I heard a lot about this game. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have a PlayStation Four. <laughs> like, it's not even like it's not even like you could play it if you wanted to. It's not even on the table. You fight Father Gascon, and then you, uh, then someone teaches you to jump off a cliff. <laughs> Do you remember the trick to beat Father Gascon? Uh, you hit him more times than he hits you. Uh, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> it. it. It's like I played it. Michael, Michael, you need to get a music box from a little girl. Yeah, that's probably his daughter. Fucking Philistine. 
<laughs> you have to play the music play box for him. Casual you mean like a, piece you mean of like shit. a boombox? Because that doesn't sound like the game I heard no, about. No, yeah, you carry a boombox around. That's one of the items. And you lift it above your head. And you turn on one of your sick mixtapes that you made, recording songs off the radio. I, I I can't help it. Like I, I I've calmed down like a lot since Bloodborne, and I know I talked Bloodborne to death, but. <laughs> Uh, now I feel justified because if you look back at the other games I had to deal with in the early half of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on you to play anything positive. <laughs> Pretty much. Bloodborne is definitely, uh, it's still, looking back on it, I still find it a positive experience for the most part. Uh, it sounds like they made some missteps with how the DLC works. I don't know if anyone oh, really? took a stab at it yet, but I, I guess one of the big problems that people have is if you... You have one of two ways that you can play the DLC. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'll just let's make this simple. If you went into New Game Plus, no, no, go into like as extensive detail as possible so that Michael gets all of it. When you went, when you right, you, I need to know. If you finished the game and you started New Game Plus and you overwrote your original save uh, and you download the DLC, you can only play that DLC on New Game Plus difficulty. And keep, oh wow! And keep in mind, this is the hardest content uh, in the game. Period. Uh, and so even on normal, it's kind of a nightmare. Um, that's how so, it is for Dark Souls too. I don't, and see, it's not really an issue for me because I kept a save right before I beat the final boss in Bloodborne. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a problem, but I can understand how that would uh be an issue for somebody who maybe didn't finish it. It also means I can't use my super cool scythe, or I forget what, what the final what, what, weapon what, I got was, but. Um, it was probably the scythe if you because you could you could do it so you could be um, a girl and then still ha- not not girl. What am I thinking? Yeah, Ger- um, German. Yeah, yeah, German. Thank, thank the you. The first hunter. <laughs> I didn't even remember his name. I beat him. <laughs> I don't recall. Thanks, guys. Oh man, <laughs> we really we really pounded that into you. All right. Um, so, so I have a question. What happens if I have like a couple of different save files? Do, do I have to like just select that save and and live with it? Because I, I have like four characters in Bloodborne. I don't think so. I, I think what it basically does is it adds the uh, the side world or whatever just to your world, and you can go access it whenever. Um, but that that also means if you started a new game plus and that's the only save you have and you're right at the beginning of the game, you're going to have to play through like half of it before you can even get to the area where the DLC is. Yeah, it's kind of lame. So sort of uncool. Um, um, yeah, I've been, me. I've been meaning to get to it. But but again, I had to complain about seven dollar helmets. What was the game? There was a game where I bought the DLC and I couldn't find it. Like I, I couldn't figure out where to go to get it. Oh, two games, actually. Fallout 3. Uh, I was going to say New Vegas. Because the pit, I, I, when I very first got the pit, I couldn't figure out how to get to it. And then uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, couldn't figure out how to get to that DLC either. <laughs> and it turns out that was just the game doing me a favor, because the DLC was no better. <laughs> nice. So I should have just, uh, just turned around right as soon as I started to have trouble. Right, so are, are you will access are, are, are the DLC from Hunter's Dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to make sure we, I, okay I'm, I'm sorry michael but we need to make sure we have a game like this next year or this year whatever it's dark souls 3 <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be dark souls 3 it had a pretty great fountain <laughs> all right what's uh um, what's your next title so I, I i'm actually excited to talk about phantom pain um 
which is on I, as well. Uh, see, and I, I feel like I feel like there's there's this this misperception, um, and there were definitely a lot of things I didn't like about the campaign in regards to the story. But I think there was like this misperception that I hated it, and the game actually got a four from me from the website. Like I remember my score very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, I, I guess I guess there was a day and age where you played Metal Gear for the story, right? Uh, that was like the kind of most intriguing thing, and, sure. and the controls weren't quite there, and all that kind of stuff. And then Phantom Pain comes out, and the story is is pretty is pretty disappointing. I think now that I got some distance from it. I appreciated what they did with like its episodic nature. So you can have like an episode in Phantom Pain where the story is actually really good, but that overarching plot line and the revenge against Skullface and all that shit, that's the shit where it kind of falls apart and it gets like, they do the ridiculous things with the parasites and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in terms of a video game, I thought it was a really good game. You know, I thought it was a lot of fun and I could like go, go in and, and call my fucking ear strikes and go in with my D Walker and, just fuck a lot of shit up, and I thought it's like one of the one of the most fun sandboxes I've played this year, which I can't say about most sandboxes I've played this year. So I haven't I haven't finished it, um, and, and maybe that means I shouldn't have put it on game of the year. But I think it's still one of the best games that uh, that I played this year. Um, but uh, I I do feel like, and I know that you and I probably don't agree here, but I do feel like the game never. Or at least so far to the point that I'm at, it's never surpassed the opening. Uh, from a from a like harrowing, like I I was so excited uh, in, in the opening just to watch those cutscenes and watch people catch on fire and watch people get chopped up by helicopters. And, and if you're talking about it like in terms of level of excitement and all that kind of stuff, I agree with you. Yeah, it's just it, it never really uh, visits that again at all. It seems like it doesn't help um, that the Metal Gear is like completely stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it doesn't help that you're fighting this giant Gundam-like thing that's not at all like Metal Gear. But yeah, it, it's something where I and maybe they they start doing more stuff later on, deeper into the game. But it feels like they're just—it's almost like he he got that out of the way and like, okay, we're done with that, and they're just not interested in like revisiting kind of that aspect of it, which is which is fine because the the Metal Gear strengths, this Metal Gear strengths are like you said kind of the open world and playing around and uh you can you can have a perfectly normal amount of fun in that game uh just dropping in even not on a mission and just going around and collecting you know uh they're not fast travel points but there's the the road signs or whatever that you can find and i don't know anyway is roadside metal gear or was it witcher no there's there's some <laughs> kind of there's some kind of uh uh Thing you well, it certainly wasn't. Oh, oh the, the, I know the the shipping the, the shipping boxes, the shipping thing. I think maybe you can hide inside a box and be shipped to another location. Yes, yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, I, there's just there's there's plenty to explore and do, and, and it, which is kind of remarkable when you consider how sort of bland it is. Like you go from the desert of Afghanistan to, uh, the apparent desert of Africa. I mean, yeah, to, really... to, to the Angola jungle, which is basically just more desert, red desert instead of, instead of this whitish brown desert. It's amazing. Um, it's just amazing how lifelike that world feels, uh, like spying on people in a base and watching their routines and watching the way they react to like you setting off a bomb that you had placed in there earlier and you're running away and, you know, you, you, you trigger this explosion and you watch the whole base react to it. And I, I don't know, it feels more alive than a lot of games uh, that, that I've played maybe ever. Well, and the, 
they, they, they talk about stuff going on in the world too. Like if you spy on them and they talk about not wanting to ever meet you, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm skipping some, something important here with both the Witcher three and with Metal Gear Solid five. And I think I mentioned this a little bit in other podcasts, um, but I think the Witcher three and I think the Phantom Pain both set a new standard in terms of how their genres need to be approached. And I'm like, I'm, you could strip like the open world gameplay away from both of them. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about in terms of The Witcher 3 and its use of strategy and, you know, the depth of the world. Other RPGs kind of need to do that. And RPGs are going in this direction where it's more really about the combat, I feel like. Um, And Witcher 3, you know, combat's, of course, an important part of it. But I feel like there's more in terms of just world building and the lore and being able to interact with NPCs. Um, like in most RPGs, more decision making, you know, between like Fallout and Old Republic and all that, I'm just used to the point where there really is no choice. You're just going to have to go and slaughter a ton of things. Um, and in Wild Hunt, there's like more of a kind of, you know, there's some quests where you don't have to kill anything. Imagine that. That's amazing. How lame. Maybe more importantly, uh, (laughs) where you don't know the outcome of something. It's weird to say that that's refreshing, but I think of this quest really early on where you encounter a uh, a sick woman. She's been, I think she's been wounded. And there's a question as to whether or not you should give her a witcher potion because she's not a witcher. Uh, Yeah. And so if she takes it, it could like really fuck her up and make her feel even worse but it could also heal her. And so you're weighing that risk reward. And yeah. in, in like a Bioware game nowadays, you would just know like this option's going to kill her and this option's <laughs> not going to kill her. It would play a spooky noise if you made the evil choice. Right. And so I would, just know, I would just know that if I wanted this woman dead, I needed to move the analog stick to the right and down and then choose that option, and she's dead. Uh, but the, instead, the Witcher's like, should we give her the potion? I don't know what'll happen. And and so you get to sit there and actually like weigh the consequences and and think about this thing. And uh, it's such a tremendous decision that you just don't encounter in modern RPGs anymore. I agree. Um, and to swing this back around to the Phantom Pain, like in terms of how stealth works in Phantom Pain, it is like the best feeling stealth I've ever, you know, not in a video game. Yeah, they took all the best bits. I I think maybe there's another game that's done it, but I always think of Far Cry. Uh, when I when I do Phantom Pain and and, mm-hmm. and you're scoping out enemies and marking them, you know. Um, but I love that approach and combining that with like the traditional Metal Gear kind of style of gameplay. Uh, it's it's perfect. Like yeah, it's, it's as good as yeah. it gets. Um, it's better than any Splinter Cell I ever played. Maybe that's blasphemy. Um. But uh, I, I think I think by a wide margin, it's my favorite stealth game. If, we, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk blasphemy, um, let's Do talk it. about what's on <laughs> of the year. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so now we arrive at Call of Duty Black Ops Three. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> um, here, let's uh, just sounds to, like someone sold out. Just to illustrate the uh, the what's the word I'm looking for the outrage that people are sure to feel, I'll read you this very constructive comment from our uh, from our post today. Here we have uh, oh he edited it like a wuss. He's, uh, motherfucker. He changed are, it to just. What are we say, talking about? We we just got a comment today that made me laugh where he um, where he said that uh, Doom Four now now he's saying Doom Four is game of the year. But anyway, long story short, he. He had originally posted and said something to the extent of uh, 
what did he call it? Call of Duty, like, fag ops or something? Yeah, like, fag hey, ops. that's pretty like good. That. It was pretty creative. <laughs> um, but uh, it looks like he's backtracked because a bunch of people disagreed with him. Um, so, never mind. I take it off. Oh, uh, yeah. They do, it, someone deleted comments, too, because I come because uh, a friend of mine commented, and their comment's gone. Oh, here we go. And now we also have uh, we also have Marco on our comments who mentioned Splatoon is not a game, um, and it looks like he's starting a fight regarding whether or not Splatoon yeah. is not a game. Oh, and Splatoon here you go. Is... It's fun. It's different, and you can travel through ink. It's much better than Call of Duty. So this guy's going to be upset tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> when we include Call of Duty. Uh, I mean, let's take a second and talk about. Like well, Marco says, I don't play COD. I play Witcher, Fallout, RPG games. Just, Where the hell is this? Yeah, it's just did, on did, our Facebook. <laughs> oh, so so just for the sake of it, did anyone put Fallout on their game of the year list? Uh, Michael's. Gonna, I did. Okay. Not to spoil his list because I know it won't be out by the time the podcast you is here. You motherfucker. Um, and, and, and you know what? <laughs> and you know what? I wouldn't even fight it that much. Um, yeah, I wouldn't either. I, I actually think it has. I don't think it'll win when we get to voting. But I do think it has a good shot, and if it did, I would be disappointed. It would actually be perfect if it did, because I would be disappointed just like I was when I played Fallout Four. <laughs> it's it's actually yeah. just perfect. Um, it it, it, it I, wasn't great, but I I still put 160 hours into yeah, it. Yeah, I so. mean, and you know, every time I sit down and play it, I I know that like I'm gonna just that's my night, you know. Like if I, if I start it up, I, I'm really wary of even booting up Fallout Four because I know that if I do, that's just the rest of my night. I'm committing to that. Well, listen, he this guy really hates all these trash casual games that are coming out. Like Call Don't of we Duty. All. Every time we post these lists, we get a bunch of people uh, making sure to mention how wrong we are. <laughs> so, uh, but I think Call of Duty is going to make us especially wrong. I mean, fair enough, I guess. Uh, uh, I can't wait to see the reaction to that tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I like, I'm really glad we opened up this podcast with the worst game of the year because it really hasn't been a good year. And as far as Call of Duty goes, Black Ops Three is one of the better ones I've played. It's good. It, the campaign it deserves points for trying. The campaign is fun. The zombies mode's good. The multiplayer's perfectly acceptable. It's a really like. I guess the thing that I enjoy about it is that it's a, it feels like a very value package in a year where I felt like everyone was trying to nickel and dime me to death. Right. You know what I mean? Like they gave yeah. me, they gave me three game modes and that shouldn't be something that I'm sitting here applauding, but Mortal <laughs> Kombat tried to convince me to pay $120 for all of its characters. So... Well, Evolve wasn't even like a game. Right, right. So I mean, we've got we've got Evolve, we've got Battlefront, we've got Mortal Kombat. I mean, all these games where like they give you the smallest amount of content they can, and then try to charge you for the rest. So just to see Call of Duty roll up and be like, "Hey, here's everything. Bye." Uh, it's nice. That's a, that's a nice <laughs> thing to have. Happen well, to you. you know what? Well, you know what else is nice that Call of Duty has that Fallout Four doesn't have. What did you tell? Boss fights. Choices. Oh, yeah, boss, <laughs> fights. boss fights. Hey, now, I fought Jared in Call of Duty, or in Fallout, and he was very tough. Hey, he wasn't and then, a boss. And then, how many, and then how many more Jareds are you going to fight throughout all of Fallout? They're not named Jared. There's only one Jared. <laughs> yeah, you're going to fight You're going to fight other Jareds by the name of, like, Wire, and um, I don't know. I can't be bothered. I, you're like, it's so unmemorable at this point. Fella. <laughs> Fella. <laughs> There's, there, I know there's definitely a wire. There's a red something, a red Linda, I think. I'm not sure. Guy shooting. 
<laughs> so the other thing, the other thing that Black Ops did that was kind of uh, fresh for Call of Duty is I think more than ever before they've implemented a lot of kind of like augmentations or upgrades to the single player mode. Yeah. And I mean like like kind of RPG-ish skill tree sort of sort of choices which Advanced Warfare had, but Black Ops 3 builds on it so much more. Um it's it's definitely I think probably I would say the deepest Call of Duty campaign. Now, when I when I say that we're still not talking very deep here, right? Like, we're we're knuckle deep, all right. We're not. There's no way that we're getting the whole fist in there. It's yeah, right. Maybe you're not. Well, I know nothing's gonna stop Doug. <laughs> nothing's gonna stop D Bear. Um. So anyway, it's it's on there. I back it up. I I'd, I'd even. I haven't looked at the final bracket because Lucio swapped out Splatoon at the last minute, so I don't know how it comes up now. Uh, but there are plenty of games on our list that I can see voting for Black Ops 3 over. Uh, so um, we'll see what happens there. You could even be a girl and be in a polyamorous relationship in Call of Duty 3. Thank God. It's all I wanted. Um, games, yeah, that's all I want. Should we jump over to my list and then uh, uh, call it a day? Let's see here. What have I? So I have, uh, I had Phantom Pain because it was great. Um, I have Mario Maker on my list, which is I think I'm the only one here who's played it. Uh, Lucio could attest to its to its quality. I, I mentioned in in my write up for it the thing that I really enjoy about Mario Maker is kind of. Kind of like Fallout 4. So so with Fallout 4, I know my time investment, right? I know basically like I start this up and I need to make sure I've got an hour carved out because that's how long this is going to take, minimum. And Mario Maker's the kind of opposite end of the spectrum where like if I would find myself with just a few minutes to play a game, um, I knew that I would have time for Mario Maker. Does that make sense? Like I knew that there would be uh, enough time to do like a 10-man challenge or to just log in and look at like two or three levels that people had made. Um, right. It's re- it's just uh, the the content is so bite size uh, and, and so easy to to just have a little bit at a time. I actually think I wound up playing probably uh, I didn't play more of it than anything else on my list, but I, I played a lot of it, and I expected to basically have my Wii U turned off for the entire holiday season, and uh, that's not the case at all. All, um, all I hear is that it's a casual game for babies. It is. Uh, nobody's called me out in our Facebook comments for it, but I'm st- I'm still waiting. It should be coming in any that. minute now. Uh, so yeah, get on there and talk some trash about Mario Maker. Uh, and Splatoon's not a game. I don't know if you guys heard, but it's not a game. Yeah, about that. Like I, again, if, if this is just reaction to like Splatoon. If the beginner's guide can be a game, I think Splatoon can be a game. Well, the beginner's guide was not a game. Oh shit! The, well, then, the beginner's guide is high art. Well, then like that changes sunset. everything. Just like Sun said, and that dragon cancer. Oh, yep. Oh, man. We won't step in that puddle today. Uh, what else have I got? But on one there? day. But one day we will. Hey, uh, hey Assassin's Creed Chronicles India is out. It, that's not on my list for sure. And it's mediocre. Um, Mushroom 11, we've talked about already. Uh, Mushroom 11 is kind of just on there. Just just by nature of being original. And, and again, it's one of those things where kind of like Call of Duty... I hate to give an award just for just for doing like anything outside the box, uh, but Mushroom Eleven is really clever, 
It's an indie platformer that's not mind-numbingly boring. That's pretty outstanding. That, that in and of itself is, is really outstanding, actually. And I mentioned this. I mentioned this in my write-up of it, and I think I've talked about this before. Which is, uh, it's it's a game that feels very deliberate. You get to a puzzle, and you can actually like in your head, you could imagine how someone put this together and like dragged this piece there, and they thought, oh, will he be able to reach that? And they tested it to see if you could reach it, and they said, oh yeah, he he will be able to, but just barely, and only if he does it this special way. And uh, that attention to detail is something that I really appreciate in an era where everyone else is just like, ah, just randomly generate it. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, okay, are you saying you don't want to play through a randomly generated version of 60s London? I, I don't want to play pretty much anything that's it's, randomly generated. It's procedurally point. generated. Sure, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't make me feel any stronger about it. In a, in a positive way. But no Man's Sky is going to be great, right? Mushroom 11 is short <laughs> and concise, and I wish more games f- had the confidence to be that. Um, and, and Okay, uh, but I don't... Okay, but what about... Do you have 20 levels of challenge modes after it? No. Which are the same levels, but <laughs> no. harder. Uh, the, the one thing, the one concession that I would give is they, they were very interested in speedrunning, and I don't know how much of a speedrunning community has formed around it. Uh, but that was definitely like something that they were hoping for, is that people would try to start beating it as quick as they can. And the game tracks your time, and it's definitely set up for that. Uh, but again, like I said, the, the experience itself is very straightforward and, uh, and, and just very meticulously designed. Um, in fact, everything on my list is, is relatively meticulously designed. Um, there's not a lot of shit that I'm just never, I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be impressed by procedurally generated content. I mean, Phantom Pain is meticulously designed. It's just, it's just, uh, after that meticulous design, they rushed out the gate. Yeah. That part's a bummer. Because, because Konami needed more money to make more pachinko machines and send their workers to the slave camps. (laughs) Um, next up is Chroma Squad. Uh, a game which I really, really liked. I never played Knights of Pen and Paper. I know you were a fan of that one. Yeah. Um, uh, it's Chroma Squad is kind of stupid um, from from a writing perspective. It's very it's it's kind of just like dumbly charming. I don't know if I'm going to make any sense here, uh, but they make a lot. Of, you're doing, you're doing great. Because you, <laughs> it's just me because I play knights. They make a lot of jokes that are bad uh, and like they're playing them off with a pretty straight face and. It's one of those things where you'll still smile at it, uh, but but maybe not for the reason that they intended. But there, it's it's kind of it's like just the right amount of corny and not quite translated right that it's charming instead of obnoxious or or grating. Uh, and uh, this game just has so much personality um, that that I really really enjoy. Uh, and, and on top of that, it's a it's a tactics RPG, but it's not a tactics RPG where uh, I mentioned this in my write-up for it. XCOM is a game that I liked, but it really stresses me out. <laughs> it stresses everyone out. I think that's fair, right? Um, and so it's it's kind of refreshing to play a tactics RPG where I'm not like deciding which country stops existing. You know, uh, this one's just like, hey, uh, we're... Why, are you why are you some kind of coward that can't decide if like Brazil or France should continue to exist? Well, that's an easy one. We get rid of French. How is it easy? Get rid of the Frenchies. Nobody ever says Italy. <laughs> okay, so if you had a choice between Italy and Sweden, would you get rid of? Ooh. France. 
that's a good out. Uh, but anyway, Chroma Squad, great game. Uh, and then, and then my top pick, my favorite game of the last year, and I'm so excited for you guys to have it become your favorite game too. Uh, fucking Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I, I really wish Square did not screw up their release plan on that because I, I really want that game. Boy, didn't they? Well, I mean, you can have it in two weeks, so. I mean, that's good. Um, I intend to buy it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess I'd, we don't need to get into it too deeply. But uh, again, it's it's more examples of me feeling like I need to reward something for really a thing that shouldn't be rewarded or praised. <laughs> Where basically they they made a sequel and they fixed all the things that were wrong in the first one. <laughs> yes, that is and we shouldn't, ridiculously hard to do. We shouldn't be giving anyone people. a high five for that. And yet here I am, just blown away when I played this game. And uh, people were like, it needs more puzzles. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll put more puzzles in it. And people are like, hey, I wish that I could get through more combat without breaking stealth. And they're like, okay, we, we could let you do that. And, uh, you know, they're like, hey, this crafting system sucks. And like, oh, okay, we'll fix it. I mean, it's just like, it's all, everything's better. Every single thing is better in this game. Uh, it's almost like you made a game you want to play. Yeah. And, I mean, and not only that, not only is everything better, but everything was pretty much fine already. Yeah, so. Tomb Raider was already a really good game. So they took a game that was pretty great, and then they made it better. And I just, I don't see any scenario where... Uh, you know that's not game of the year for me. Like that's <laughs> by the time by the time we get back to Tomb Raider Seven, you're going to be pretty sick of it. But I mean, I mean, and having said this, like if Uncharted had stuck to its original release, uh, I probably wouldn't be discussing Tomb Raider at all. Um, because I vastly prefer. Oh, you might be. Give Uncharted time. Yeah, we'll see. That obviously <laughs> Four's had its share of issues. Um, but I'm still pretty excited. So we'll we'll see we'll, well see how things go. I'm pumped. I've said it before. Um, you guys like it. Everyone, everyone's gonna like it, except maybe it, Doug because he's a spoil sport. Boo! Yep, there it is. Games I'm featuring like, women like, are dumb. I'm like the number one Lord Crop super fan. I have all the original comics. Let's throw it back to Doug. Some, Doug is Splatoon some of the a game. New ones. Splatoon is is a game. It's just not a very good one. Oh. Hey, Doug. What do you think? It's a dumb game for babies. What about Call of Duty? Call of Duty's mature game for for big grown men with big dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what it says I, in the I'm, box. I'm surprised, Jared, that Honey Pop didn't get on your list. I mean, Honey Pop's fun, but it's not like <laughs> Honey Pop. Again, to pray to give it the worst kind of praise that I could give it, it, <laughs> it did exactly what it needed to do. It was a puzzle game. <laughs> Um, um, I think I and actually I I will put up a review for Honey Pop because I've got some pretty concise thoughts on it. But really, uh, I think it's good as a puzzle game, but I think it falls pretty flat as far as a dating sim goes. It's even really supposed to be a dating sim. Well, that's yeah. that's the question, right? I, I mean, it seems like it seems like the point is just to get you at the point that it wants to get you with the girls. I think it's not a very good dating sim, and I think if you're trying to play it because it's a hentai game, I think you're going to be disappointed in that regard too, because you basically get like six naughty pictures <laughs> and that's it so bad um, simulator i mean one for each girl and then some of them are weirdly explicit that they'll text you without you asking isn't it weird because I, I i started playing it after the last podcast i i got for myself and i started yeah, playing I, it. I noticed and i i yeah i actually spent all night on it i was that addicted to 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 the puzzles to the puzzles yeah you played it puzzles. for the plot 
five but minute no, increments. No, seriously though, like like it, it was so weird to me because I, I I had gotten I had maxed out like one of the girls, right? And like three of the photos she had texted me or whatever were pretty innocuous and then you know, the last one was of course the the, the spunk flying everywhere. Um Hmm. Another girl was like very similar, where like the first three, they're like relatively innocent, they're, like very suggestive but innocent. But they don't, so all, they don't all match though. There's like yeah, and then and then so like I'm rom- so like Tiffany, like the cheerleader or whatever, you romance her, and the first two are innocent, and then I get the third one. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be another cutesy thing, and I open it up, and I'm like, oh, that that is uh, it's like it's the not whole, innocent at all. It's the full Monty. <laughs> And, and that's, what's, that's what's weird is that you've you've gone on like one date and she's like, "Here's a picture of my tit hanging out," and you're like, "Oh, okay, all right." Good. And it's like with each one, it's it, it doesn't seem to fit any type of personality. I just feel like it's whatever the artist felt like drawing that day. Yeah, it's it's just inconsistent. <laughs> um, and I'm not I'm not one to sit and critique dating games because I don't care. Uh, but I I think if you bought it with the intent of it being a dating sim, I think you're going to be disappointed. Uh, if you want to match some colors and see tits occasionally, I think you're going to be just fine. When are the writers I, I, of I, pornographic games going to learn to write women? That, that, that's Believable, strong women. I don't think that they did a bad job writing the characters. Yeah, um, they're, not, they're not. Oh, so you're saying they're believable and these are real people? No, certainly not that. Um, well, but, which is it, Jared? <laughs> But not the mad finish. He has a good point. I, I was going to say, I don't feel like they did a bad job writing the characters. They just didn't write enough. And, like, your conversation pieces will start repeating almost after, like, your second encounter with them. Well, and that's the thing. It's, like, it's really weird because you talk to them, and and I, I guess being successful with them gets you, what is it, honey? Uh, it yes. You, yeah. you, like, being successful in conversation gets you honey, and then being unsuccessful there's nothing really bad that happened you just miss out on getting more honey no and that's Um, that's the other thing that kind of takes you out of it is you can't if if you don't answer something right it doesn't matter they're not not gonna care they're gonna forget about it yeah and then like you'll you'll talk to them and you'll like they start out pretty good because you'll you'll be getting their information and their details and the introductions are all really nice um and then after a while it's like hey i got this this weird quiz about my body i need to ask you do you remember my boob size (laughs) And if you get it wrong, again, no, no harm, no foul. The, I, I just, I see a second game there that you could have, where you have to like get mm-hmm. to know someone and you know navigate conversation trees in a way that you think will make them happy. And uh, it feels like a wasted opportunity to basically have all the all the makings of that and then just not do it. And I think you know, I actually do think people that haven't played Honey Pop because that it need that clarification because it's like this isn't a dating sim, even remotely. I don't think. Um, uh, it's it, it's got like those elements, like you can give gifts, but even some of the gifts you get are for the sake of the puzzles. Um, yeah, no, I mean, all the gifts do is increase the amount of honey that they give you, or they get increase you the amount, an yeah. item to make puzzles easier. Yeah, so it's like it's that definitely needs to be clarified that this is basically just a, a puzzle game. Um, and if you play it enough, you're going to get the naughty pictures, no matter what you do. Yeah, you'll see a naughty picture. You're not, you know, you can't even piss anyone off. It's like sometimes they'll ask, "Hey, are you cheating on me?" And you'll be like, "Nope." And they're like, "Okay, cool." Or, or yeah, even if you say yes, they're like, "Okay, <laughs> like, fine." Uh, I I thought for sure some shit was gonna go down when I found out I was gonna bang like this this uh, mother and and her daughter as well. And like they'll they'll never know. Oh yeah, Kadan. They're never gonna find out at all. God, that's a fucking hot. <laughs> all right, uh, and that's the last for my for my uh, uh, games. So. 
I think that that covers us pretty good. What time is it? Oh shit, we've been going for a while. Well, uh, we had that super thrilling, awesome oatmeal conversation at the top of the podcast, and that's staying in. I'm not getting rid of that. That's an yeah. important. It's important. We'll get rid of Lucio's opinions, but not the oatmeal. Yeah, I'll cut out the part <laughs> where we read Lucio's games. So, if you haven't done Game of the Year with us before, the process basically is we'll each list out our five games. We'll take them. We'll organize them by Metacritic score with the games that got the best scores on top and the uh, games that got the worst scores on bottom, of course. And then we'll put them into a seated bracket. So the worst games get pitted against each other and we'll challenge the best games eventually. Basically the best worst game. (laughs) We'll we'll try to get it. Uh, So anyway, we'll have those brackets on Friday? Or I think voting starts on Friday. Yeah. So voting starts on the 15th. Do you guys want to? Uh, do you guys want to do what we've done in years past, where we fill in the brackets and try and predict it? Uh, do I get uh, something out of it this time? I don't know. Should we do something? We, I, I haven't really decided what to do with this yet. I, I feel like I feel like in prior years I got close, and then I never got anything but bragging rights for my get time. Get a tengen. Okay. A tengen and a novin. Thing about falcon. Novin Falcon masturbation. I mean, you could afford to get me a tango. I'll send Jay a tangag. Now, I, I can't guarantee it'll be a legitimate tangang. It'll be something that I've made, <laughs> and it may it may involve a warm watermelon. <laughs> the old warm watermelon. Um, Doug knows all the best tricks. So what about you? So you're still not doing that 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 car battery hooked up to a cow heart? I don't think so. Uh, that's that's mm. casual stuff. I've moved beyond that. He's ready. He's into the <laughs> I, newer stuff now. I use a Tesla car battery. Oh, there Ooh, you go. Aggressive of you, dude. There you go. And a buffalo heart. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they have strong hearts. Artisan grass-fed buffalo heart. Well, <laughs> only the best for my masturbating. All right, so we'll we'll talk. Oh about, God, is that what you're doing? We'll talk about whether or not uh, we're gonna. I don't know. I'll I'll think about this. If it's worth the amount of work is really the question. Um, but anyway, yes. if you enjoyed our podcast today, uh, thank you for for listening. Who did Jr. Did, could you not wait to boot up like a game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I gotta play this this cat version of Bad Rats. Oh well, that's a given. <laughs> How could we forget? All right, well, if you enjoyed our podcast today, go subscribe to us on EnemySlime.com. You can find our RSS feeds, and you can click links and do all kinds of shit. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Chris Sinat who did our uh, new theme song that you hear this week. So uh, really excited to roll that out and finally stop switching to all kinds of weird musical tracks every week. So uh, enjoy that. And I think that will be a nice thing to close us out. So I think with that, we are...